1: Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted Teeth. So, ma'am, before we get to Notre Dame, and this is, you know, I don't do it a lot. But in about five minutes when we transition, I'm, I'm going to give you I told you so. Mm. I'm going to give you I told you so. It's coming up, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Colorado State and Colorado jay norvell speaks out on Deion sanders has sunglasses i don't know if you saw first take Knit today. nitpicky nitpicky no no let me tell you the genius of Deion sanders bro <laughs> do you realize in the last two days that he has created a sunglass brand bro
2: oh he actually created one out of the
1: Yes, he created a sunglass brand, gifted the entire team. With his shades. Went on first take this morning because first take was in Colorado, gifted Stephen A. and Molly and Shannon the the shades and had them wear the shades as they interviewed him. (laughs) And then revealed the website for for pre-orders left.
2: Oh yeah, marketing genius.
1: Marketing genius, bro. He and then it, so. then then looked into the camera and said to all the top recruits, it ain't hard to find. <laughs> I said, come on, man. I said this dude, this dude got a cheat code. Like yeah, he making it too easy
2: now. This is it's this man. dude is cheating right now. And 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 everybody playing into it too. They playing into it because conventionally, you know, they get enough people to hate on him. He'll calm down. He just so happens to have a great quarterback, so he can talk his stuff. You know, Shador ain't no ain't no slack. So, so man, look, I they're playing late too.
1: Ten it's o'clock. Like a, it's yes, yeah, nine o'clock Eastern. It's like a seven o'clock kickoff out there.
2: that's like that's past prime time that's a that's a saturday night Live time
0: yeah we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
3: If
4: you're looking for last minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State or the battle for the Cyhawk trophy between Iowa and Iowa State, maybe heading to Tuscaloosa to watch Texas and Alabama or any other matchup in the week two action, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or in and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code CFBNation. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNation for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co.
1: <laughs> it is uh, Graham Merck. First of all, this matchup of Florida
2: is uh, LSU. Or yeah. No, LSU plays Michigan uh, Mississippi State this week. I mean LSU um Florida versus uh Texas. No 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 well, no 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 Florida versus it's a big oh man Tennessee yes. Florida versus Tennessee Grand merch, man. I'm tired of seeing him on TV.
1: Ah, right, look man, I'm sorry. This is the failed Big Ten quarterback game. <laughs> this is the failed Big Ten quarterback game, and one of these bad fellas has to win. They have to win.
2: Yeah, one of them got to win.
1: I can tell you one thing though: the way it's going, that Cat Nico might be in the in the game week week five. You don't like Joe Milton?
2: Do you like Joe Milton? In what you seen? What are they? They two and oh right now. I don't think anybody worse than Graham merch so <laughs> he can't be worse than that dude. That dude is is the is a worst Daniel Jones, Josh Allen category for me. But watch he find his way in the league and hang around for nine, ten years. He'd be a Nate Peterman, Peterson, Peterman, Peter, and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean the battle of the failed Big Ten quarterbacks. <laughs> Look, if, if Joe Milton slip up at all, they got to play that eight billion dollar man behind him. They got to. What's the what are they what are they expecting the return on that to look like? How do you get a return off of that? I don't
1: know. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I mm-hmm. will tell you one thing though. If you're in the Chicago area, you can watch the Nerd Classic as Duke comes to town to face Northwestern.
2: Northwestern ain't, gone, ain't, ain't been the same since. Uh,
1: Northwestern shocked me last week the way they played, bro. Because I thought when they when they as well as they played last week, I was like, okay. But they didn't win though, did they? Yeah, no, I think Northwestern, let me, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're one and one, they won last week.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, Illinois lost last week. They lost to. Uh, oh, I mean,
1: they They played Kansas and Kansas
3: and Jalen Daniels.
2: Kansas ain't bad. They got they they got enough guys. They got experience. A quarterback from mm-hmm. California. He's pretty good. Jalen Daniels. Man, it's but I still don't know. When it comes to development, Kansas did a good job development. Wise with what they're doing because they haven't been, they're like a Kansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a Colorado. Ain't nobody been talking about them for longer than Colorado, in my opinion. But they're finding a way to win. And, um you know, that's why we have good quarterback play. Jalen Daniels. It's, I-
1: it's interesting you say that when you talk about Jalen Daniels because Jalen Daniels might be one of those guys you look at in the portal.
2: Oh, 100%. Because they're, want to they're, go. they're messing around with him playing. Uh, they they got this two quarterback system. He's clearly the better one. And, uh, what was that,
1: Nick Bean? You yeah, got the Nick Bean
2: kid? So, Jalen Daniels at Notre Dame would look amazing because he's a good enough kid. You know, the talent is there. And you got to remember, it's not even about we need a guy to be like Bryce Young. No, no, no.
1: Let, me ask, Let me ask you a question. ask you a question. This came up this morning. You know Caleb Williams' dad has been on record talking about he might not leave. If you're Shador, knowing that Drake, May, and Caleb are already 1-2, would you stay knowing you would be the number one quarterback next year?
2: Man, I think Shador should go to Atlanta. That's what I think. That, yeah. So that, wherever that, Atlanta falls... That's what
1: that, Shador should go to. That NIL money in Colorado is nice.
2: He ain't what could he he couldn't be making more than his first contract?
1: What do you mean? That dude has like a Mercedes-Benz Nil deal? Shador rate rake is raking it in, my brother.
2: Shador will be making 20 mil his first year.
1: Shador don't want it. <laughs> you You don't want to go
2: to Atlanta though. No, they got B. B John Robertson, Kyle Pitts. Those are two great players. You don't want to do that. Oh, and Drake London. Oh, come on. They got a squad.
1: Man, they do have some skill positions.
2: They got some. I don't know about the O line. You know, I don't know about that. And I definitely don't know about defense. But they, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and bijan John, that's not a bad trio. Not a bad trio. But it, 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 I love the fact that it's, it's heating up. And these and these crucial games are coming up. Next week you got Colorado versus no, they got or-
1: Oregon. Oregon. They got Oregon first. And then us versus yeah. O
2: State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, these a lot of these games we're gonna see who's really real, yeah, coming into the year because you know, these fluff games got everybody head inflated. Facts. Everybody's super hype over these fluff games. But now the Giants gotta play the Giants.
1: Yeah, James Franklin and his crew travel down to Champaign to prove whether or not they are real. They take a step up in competition. I am not. Um,
2: they stay kind of nice too this year. I, yeah, but they I always am, fail me by the end of the year. Yes, always. I
1: am not impressed with Brett Bielema and his defense. Um, but you you're at that. an
2: offensive dude. He's going to run that football. I'll,
1: I'll leave it at that. that. The big game, the big game. If, if you think North Carolina got after your boy, the Bulldogs are about – really about to get after your boy as Georgia takes Spencer. on South Carolina.
2: <laughs> now, Spencer Owen oh won. Spencer Owen oh won. They, they, they trashed him last year. But Spencer Owen oh one He got a better feel for it. I don't believe that uh, Georgia's offense is as potent as it was last year. They still got that man, Brock and he's nice. Mm. But we haven't heard too much from him either, just like Marvin Harrison Jr., because they got nobody to throw it to him. So I do think it'll be a, a better opportunity for Spencer to put up more points and make it a, make it a game, because mm-hmm. he's better than Carson Beck. Like We know that. What made it hard last year was that not only was the defense whooping him, but Stetson Bennett was going crazy too. So it'll be it'll be a battle of Spencer, one, you got the advantage, you at home, you're healthy, the O-line didn't do great, but the defense that you're playing against isn't the defense of the last two years. They're good. They ain't the last, I mean, them last two years they had, I don't think anybody would have did that well. I mean, CJ did well, Bryce did okay. But that's one and two in a draft. Mm-hmm. That's a whole, it's like, all the quarterbacks in college football, it took the two, one, and two pick in the draft to make it look competitive. And out of the three games that they played, the one and two quarterback, they're two and one versus the one and two quarterback. <laughs> they two and one versus the best that college can offer at the position. So, yeah, you can't, what do you, what do you want Spencer to do? He might be a top 10 quarterback this year. Hey.
1: All I know is, um, had the ice tub ready after the game, my brother.
2: <laughs> he got to stop taking them shots, but Spencer's not super athletic. So. That
1: offensive line couldn't stop North Carolina's front seven, and it's a different beast coming for you this week. Super different. Hold up, where's that game at? Ooh, it's between the hedges.
2: Ooh. yeah, it's in South Carolina.
1: No, it's at Georgia
2: again. How'd they get two home games?
1: It's at Georgia, my brother. Yeah, I don't know. Then I could have sworn they played in uh Georgia last
2: year, or they just made that look like a home game because they really whooped the ball, uh, whooped up on that boy. Yeah, last it's year. at Georgia, brother. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That just changed the game right there. But Spence got the best talent in the country. Like, just pure throwing the football. Spence, nobody's better than Spence. So, you know, he just got to be able to get time to put it out there.
1: Uh, Marcel has, before we transition, it's a pretty good question. Will anybody go undefeated this season?
2: That's actually,
1: this might be a season where... Because
2: the Pac twelve, they're gonna try to the the committee's last hurrah, and they're gonna the do Pac-12 some crazy. Is
1: definitely going to beat up on each other. The SEC does not have to this point a dominant team.
2: Hell, oh, the SEC's bottom half is trash. Bottom half tier teams: your Vandies, your Mississippi States, you. know. Old Miss is oh, – didn't the Ole Miss just lose? mm Who am I thinking I lost?
1: Old S- Miss was down <laughs> at halftime to Tulane and then random cats in the second oh, half. Oh, right, right, right. I'm that cat be- Jackson Dart came out in the second half and just ran
2: Dark, man, yeah, crazy.
1: Just ran the dudes. Old Miss has a big game this week. I think they play Alabama next week.
2: Mm. Alabama don't got no easy schedule. But since Texas got better, they just they were facing the gauntlet early. But that's why they probably won't, you know, to see Alabama in a top ten spot is like, oh, that's a hard drop off from one to ten. And and it was crazy because they probably wanted to drop them lower because of how they played. But they was like, all right, we love saving too much. We can't. He can't knock saving that far back, <laughs> but it's not much saving can do. You locked in this whole quarterback quandary because I don't believe Tyler's gonna be the answer. He'll last a couple games and then they're gonna be he's gonna get hurt, or they're gonna be like, well, he ain't pulling through enough. You can't have Jameis Winston style picks. Facts. It's just not enough, you know. I don't think Saban's gonna like that, and they're gonna cycle through at least four guys this year, uh, at least. Because I mean, they, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're solid. Yeah. Uh, Ty Simpson and and Dylan Lonergan. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, man, those are just guys that are unproven. So yeah. you're really in a position, Nick Saban's probably like banging the the the. the, the the table about it, he's got a bunch of guys with no experience. Yeah. And it's interesting because you would have thought saving would have went in the portal and at least tried to grab somebody that's got some experience. He got grabbed Tyler Tyler Buckner, who, what experience is that? It couldn't have been much if he didn't start the first game. So it's like, damn, like, you got three guys that got less than three games in combination with each other.
3: So
1: they're Yo, gonna be better that all year. Yeah. Yeah. LSU was shaky.
2: Uh they came out and played flat. Looking like a Notre Dame team.
1: LSU was sh- looking like a Brian Kelly team. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. that's right.
2: Looking like a Brian, a Notre Dame led, a Brian Kelly led Notre Dame team. Um, they came see. out with like get ran over. When have you ever seen LSU just get ran over like that? I mean the running back was like pushing dudes out the way, smacking, smacking babies and flipping corners. I mean, they made they made dudes look crazy. They
1: early on, their defense was struggling against Grambling last week. Mm. Grambling was busting, the running backs were busting like 50 yarders. I'm like, yo.
2: That's unlike. LST.
1: I told you they were soft in the trenches, boy.
2: No, you did. You did. But
1: she, you uh, Andres Vieto. What do you think about Greg McElroy's comments about our D line? I thought they were fair.
2: I don't know what he said. He, I can assume that he says something to the. But like I mean, girl got no stars, but they work hard, type of thing.
1: I mean, we, yeah, Malik has been saying that, and I, I have echoed those sentiments and said, based upon what he has, Al Golden has chosen to be aggressive because he knows he doesn't have the line that can just literally sit there. No, no, his tackles. He has a 285. How Cross has played phenomenal. He's 285. Yeah, we're Riley. not just lining up and just
2: bench pressing and locking out. No, we're yeah. doing things, moving, gap. Riley
1: know. Mills is 300. Barely. You know, Jordan Botello is smart.
2: 275, why, maybe. Yeah,
1: so. I mean. Jason this, Onye
2: only about two two
1: ninety 290.
2: 295. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We looking like Stanford's O line last. I mean, D line last year. Them boys is averaging two eighty five across the D line. <laughs> oh, he said but. they
1: need more. He said they need more sacks. You know what? My Greg McElroy is a genius. That that was genius. Oh my god, that's brilliant observation. The Notre Dame defensive line needs more sacks. No kidding.
2: No kidding. No kidding. No kidding. We we, we see it. We are not going to have the production of a single sack leader this year. It's just not us. But we'll have guys that'll pop one game, and some guys will pop the other game, and some guys will pop this game. But as a unit, though, our scheme and what we do, we can make up for it, and we can play well that way. Finding a way to get turnovers and sacks is a whole nother level to it. And I think it's going to have to come from individuals at some point in the season where they just like, I'm turning it on. Man, isn't it crazy? Like,
1: I feel like we just can't get right. After <laughs> years of having a defensive line and a suspect secondary, Yeah. now we finally get a secondary that's, that's top-down. Top-notch. And the D-line is like...
2: It's just, it's just whatever. It's just whatever. It's not even like where they're bad. They're not – I'm not calling them bad. It's just they're just whatever. They're just – I'm not going to say they just out there. But can't say they playing bad, but they ain't making an impact to be like, yeah, they need to be watched out for. And it's okay because you know why? Our linebackers have gotten better. So that does complement the D-line to where they only have to do enough to, to make havoc, because our linebackers have shown that they can make up for those plays in the back end. It is, uh,
1: I mean, we don't disagree with his opinion, but, I mean, he just didn't say anything that we haven't been saying all summer. It's Like, he didn't have some grand revelation, like, we said
2: that stat sheet. The stat sheet said we got like what two sacks and three. Yeah. Teams. We said that, that about the defense the run, fact that we played, Navy the first game. Well, and all this, you know, we ain't playing traditional teams, so we playing teams is that how you gonna get a sack? Where's Navy? I think
1: last week, if I'm not mistaken, they were pressured like. Brennan Armstrong was pressured like 16 times and Notre Dame only ended up with one sack.
2: Not good enough. Not good enough.
1: We talked about it last week. Like why Al Golden is aggressive with his safeties and his linebackers. He knows he does not have a front four. He knows that he doesn't have a front four that can just sit there and go after
2: the quarterback. He just doesn't have that. So you have to supplement that with overly aggressive and talented linebacker play which we've addressed in recruiting. We retained our veteran guys at linebacker, which yeah. have, you know, the lights kind of turned on over there. They've been able to rally in a, in a better support than last year, but I mean, that's not saying much. We haven't quite been tested to where if it actually worked or not. Like Maris ain't had to really run after nobody yet. So we'll we'll know obviously going into the Ohio State game, but. It's it's a reason why our secondary has gotten stronger, and it looks like we're moving more towards making the front stronger last. We started making the back end stronger, then the linebacker stronger, now we're going to do the D-line. But losing Keon Keely, I think it would have been huge for us to get him because he probably would have added some bright spot to a D-line that's just unsuperstarred. Like, we have no superstars on the D-line, which is – you know, it's rare. We've always had one dude that was a marquee D line in some aspect, you know, but now not having one.
1: now I don't I'll say this. If I see comments or people that disagree or didn't like what Greg I didn't I didn't hear what Greg McElroy said. So I'm just going by what Andre said he said. But we said no to game from a sack standpoint. Would struggle because there is no dominant pass rusher per se right they're, they're waiting for someone to come pop- yeah we, we said that all summer so that's that's no shock to us the sack numbers at this point aren't a shock to us I, i'm i don't know about what they're being asked to do But if you're a defensive end on this team, you're not being asked. Your job is to sack the quarterback in passing situations. You're not being asked not to sack the quarterback. No. Jordan Botello is being asked to sack the quarterback. Jalen Fee, Fee, when he comes off the edge, is being asked to sack the quarterback. Javante is being asked to sack the quarterback. When it comes to defensive tackles and all of the other stuff, I look. But like I said, they affected the game last week with the pressure they put on Brendan Armstrong. So that's right. right. You know, 16 pressures, one sack, you know, you might feel like, oh, they should have had more sacks, but they impacted the game with the 16 pressures and probably led to a couple of those interceptions and turnovers. Uh, Like, you know, Michael Campbell says Al Golden said they played the defensive line to keep Brennan Armstrong in the pocket. Yeah, Al Golden still wanted sacks, though.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, you it's,
1: like need- it's like, I I heard what Al Golden said. Like, Al Golden is not saying, like, okay, you guys just dance with the offensive lineman and make sure Brennan Armstrong stays in the pocket and then don't, don't sack him. No, that's not. Your job as a defensive end is to, as you keep him in the pocket, get his butt on the ground. So that's just like a team playing good defense, but they're not creating turnovers. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, we're playing great defense, but it sure would be nice to get some turnovers. I'm sure it would be nice, though. You know, it's like, oh, we, we pressured the quarterback, you know, we're pressing the quarterback, but, well, heck, it would it would be nice to get some sacks.
2: Would be nice.
1: Uh, maybe some strip fumbles or something. It, you know, yeah, keep them in the pocket, but at the same time, you can't do that other thing, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the equation. So, uh, but like we said, we didn't expect the sack
2: numbers to be what 25 in a season i would be good if we get 14 15 sacks that's pretty good for a team with no superstars 14 to 15 sacks was at about second and a half a game well it, it depends right
1: because we can talk people can say yo I, i'll take the pressure I would take the pressures next week against McCord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would. I would take the pressure against Kyle McCord. I'm cool with that. Like, pressure him, get Up him to, to me- make mistakes. Absolutely. When USC comes in, pressure ain't enough.
2: Ain't enough. You got, got to get him I on the I ground. And really- <laughs> Caleb thrives on oh, getting away from that
1: getting away from pressure you need to get caleb williams on the ground
2: we acted we running around acting like he got soap on him we just slipping and sliding and grabbing and reaching and not pulling him on the ground the first
1: half in in, uh la last year they pressured caleb
3: yeah
1: they had tremendous pressure on caleb plenty of times dude just He's just a magician, man.
2: Better than our players. That's what he was. He's
1: just a magician. Lucky lefty podcast. Once again, Notre Dame welcomes in Central Michigan to Notre Dame Stadium. Peacock only. One thirty start. Notre Dame is favored by thirty four points. I've seen thirty five in certain places, which is insane. Notre Dame is a seven-touchdown favorite. I mean, a five-touchdown favorite.
2: That's Sam Hartman effect. And Vegas is finally realizing it's not much this team can't do in order to score. We done hit the long run, 80-yard run touchdown. We mm-hmm. did hit the short little play action touchdown to the tight end. We done threw the ball deep, threw the ball short, ran the ball Anywhere on the field. Got depth. Central Michigan, who knows if they have depth? They might be good enough just to have one and a half. That right there is gonna lose you the game, you know. So very interesting. Ooh.
1: Lucky Lucky
5: Podcast. Um
0: Keep it twisted.
1: Uh, man, this sack. I'm we're not. I'm not about to argue this sack thing, man. It's. it's I'm not offended by Greg McElroy and what he said. I'm not. You do not have elite pass rushers on the defensive line. You don't.
2: You Can't name one.
1: You don't. So, if you're a Notre Dame fan and you were offended by what Greg McElroy said, he he really didn't he he really didn't even come for Notre Dame with that comment. He he didn't. He just didn't. He just didn't. It's because you know, know the people. This is a funny thing where right? I try to tell people, I, I've been in I've been in corporate meetings. Yep. I've been in corporate meetings. Like people, Notre Dame fans hate ESPN. ESPN hates Notre Dame. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Yep. The furthest thing from the truth. Because number one, if the game is not on NBC, you can you best be guaranteed that ESPN is picking it up. And from a business standpoint, they always try to find a way to get in bed with Notre Dame. Always. You know, now, if you have analysts that went to SEC schools, then yeah, analysts that went to Michigan, they're giving their personal opinion. That's not ESPN having a problem with Notre Dame no that's the michigan grad having a problem with notre dame that's an alabama grad having a problem with notre dame that's a florida grad having a problem with notre dame espn literally has given four weekends this year to notre dame to, to come up to bristol new york do interviews like literally market The program no for real and you think espn hates notre dame they don't do that for a single school they might do that for a conference during sec week big 10 week or acc week no other school gets their own private weekend to market the program espn and notre dame have a fantastic business relationship I keep yeah. trying to I keep trying to tell you
2: all because ESPN knows that no at some point they want Notre Dame if they if they if we stepped with from NBC I think ESPN will be the first ones on on our doorstep because mm-hmm. we know we could carry ESPN damn near by ourselves
5: easily.
1: Easily. Easily. I think Notre Dame had the second most game days.
2: Last year, we had three of the top five best games of the year.
1: Game day is going to be in South Bend next week. Yep. Can't miss that yep. one. It is.
2: Ain't and they're going to be at uh, game and day I'm, at sure,
1: I'm sure Kirk and um – I'm sure Kirk and – Desmond Howard are going to hate. Oh,
2: Desmond Howard stay here.
1: Desmond, Desmond Howard went to Michigan. Yeah,
2: he be He's like supposed a mug. to hate. He be hating like a mug, boy. Dude,
1: LL Nation, can you imagine me?
2: If,
6: if
1: they gave me a spot on game day and I had to break down... I don't know. What's up with that feedback? Sorry about that. Was my mic? Yeah, I think so. Can you imagine it's, me on a set of game day, and I had to break down a Michigan game, dude? I I, I literally would be in the the you know the, the pre the meetings that we have leading up to the show. I literally would tell producers, y'all don't want me to do that, y'all. <laughs> you you do not want me to preview this Michigan game i promise Yeah, you. I, not me
2: it's, it wouldn't be me previewing. it'd be me talking crazy. no
1: no because i'm talking trash about hardball i'm talking trash about the the community the food everything yeah all that like, yeah. you know it is what it is man yeah i think like michael campbell said it's a difference between the network and the personalities.
3: Mm-hmm
1: you know and i don't know dude i don't know how to tell other people (laughs) like espn which is a company is not a like espn to say that espn hates Notre dame is irresponsible Because your athletic director has been in bed with ESPN heavily during his tenure, and I, I can say that Jack Swarbrick was in bed with ESPN heavily. Yeah, heavily. Do
2: you think you would have made a deal if he was still here with them with ESPN? Yeah, ESPN
1: espn does not need a deal with notre dame Mm. they get every away game why would we sweat notre dame Mm. for a deal when we get five six games because nbc is not broadcasting exactly we get the big ESPN game. We get North Carolina on the road. We get Clemson. We get Florida State on our airways on ABC. We don't we don't need to cough up a big check to Notre Dame. We already get their good games. The, the <laughs> USC game was on ABC last year. The Ohio State game was on ABC. ABC not NBC NBC this year those two games on NBC okay those two games on NBC but guess what ESPN gets prime time Clemson what was that last
2: sure
1: ESPN gets Clemson. Prime time. Yeah. It's Clemson
2: versus... Uh...
1: It's, it's... Yo, it is... I try to do, from a business standpoint, Notre Dame and ESPN have been in the same bed for years. I don't know. Whatever this public perception is that makes people feel like ESPN wants Notre Dame. No, they don't for what well they already have them yeah they get like a it's like a they get, right they get every away game every single away game hmm. is either on abc or espn I mean, every single I, one I, and, and they
2: get NBC. and
1: they get the notre dame bowl game espn does yeah i mean yeah you, yeah, yeah. When Notre Dame makes the playoff, they get Notre Dame. Dude, ESPN does not hate Notre Dame as a network. John Skipper.
2: I mean, ESPN loves Notre Dame so much, they let Drew Pine be on the ticket.
1: Dude, John Skipper. John Skipper. And your athletic director are very
2: good friends. There you go. There you go. You just let the cat out the bag. And through great friendship comes great relations.
1: That's it. The Notre Dame athletic director has great relationships with every top executive at ESPN. Every single one. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I think the best thing for Notre Dame, though, moving forward, especially for Pete Babcock, is to stay in the, the the thin line of we're winning and doing it our way, but keeping those deals uh very aligned to what Notre Dame can stay in control of. Because in my opinion, it's about controls, It's about control not giving up that access to where Notre Dame can't break off and do their own thing. I think they've been very solid in keeping their own lane with this, but not get overly outside the box, but stay right right close to the fire because I think there's a lot of things that Notre Dame can impact, especially if we win. I think us Mm -hmm. winning the championship, we make the rules for college football because we would be too big of an independent to be categorizing as a five seed every season it just doesn't sound right especially if we win the championship if you
1: know it's just one of those things
2: it just really
1: is like i said i've been in the building in the meetings personally i've heard the conversations about no events It's just irresponsible to say the network hates Notre Dame. It just is.
2: Yeah. ESPN really likes us, for real. It's just irresponsible.
1: Matter of fact, if you want to keep it a buck, the SEC and the ACC and the Pac-12 over the last decade have probably had more conversations with Skipper and top executives about why is Notre Dame getting this exposure. Exactly. They have have their own network. Why are you putting them on? Why are you covering this game? And in the face of all the other conferences, wanting Notre Dame not to have so much exposure on ESPN, ESPN has pretty much been like, eh, whatever.
2: That's it. Yeah. I can't listen to that. Whatever.
1: So I'm telling you, That jack swarbrick has relationships with the top executives at espn i'm telling you jack swarbrick has been to espn chicago when we were the main hub for notre dame football games and and basketball
2: yeah i think notre dame has ultimately Leverage
1: with this as well. Just being able to have relationships with network you're not with. Totally. I mean, and you know, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, um, several of and this is how it works. A lot of times, Zach Swobbick's relationship with these guys goes back before they even became executives. You know, sometimes, man, just you muted yourself. Sometimes people just yeah, want to be nice. pessimistic, man. No, it makes yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes it makes Notre Dame. I've come to realize this, and this is my personal opinion from observing Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame fans want to be the underdog. They want to be the isolated. They they want to feel like everybody hates them. And it's them against the world, or it's Notre Dame against the world, right? That when, dude, Notre Dame in the college football landscape is, is. I think that's your mic. I'm not Notre Dame in the She's, landscape of college college football is not a victim, bro. No. They're not. What and some, and people, people act like, fans sometimes act, oh, my God, woe is us. And Notre Dame is one of the pillars to this day. When it was the BCS system, Notre Dame was in the room. The playoff system, Notre Dame is at the table, in the room. Notre Dame is always at the table, giving up the money.
2: Always and we're the and ones, making we're the ones passing out the Uno cards. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So like this 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 whole vibe of people don't like us.
5: I can't
3: stop.
1: You're one of the you're one of the Notre Dame is one of the gatekeepers of college football. Things get done in college football because Notre Dame is cool with it.
2: Notre Dame is like Drake to the music industry saying we're not music industry. Why do you think Jack Swarbrick
1: said recently in an interview before they played Navy, man, we messed up. We made some bad decisions that led to the current state of football and NIL. This is your Notre Dame athletic director telling you that he's a gatekeeper. He's part of the decision decisions
2: making. Yeah.
1: Notre Dame is a gatekeeper. So what? This whole uh, don't move without us getting at least the, lease in
2: the Thank you, man. Thank you. Because Jack Swarbrick has that weird position of like he's Notre Dame's AD, but he's like the lead head board of some college football NCAA thing. Like he's mm-hmm. he's the one that sets the meeting, talk about it, and it's funny and ironic. Because he's setting meetings for teams and all this stuff that he's not even in. His team is like over to the side, pushed to the side. Now he focused on the landscape of college football. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, don't worry about no day. We're good over here. We got a TV deal coming, a deal coming. We put our put ours to the side right here. Now, all of y'all, let's talk about this reconstruction and how we going to do these rules mm-hmm. and stuff. And they, and, and they all understand that. It's like no different than... Notre Dame being one of the top five places to coach. The top five. I mean, if anywhere outside of Bama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas, USC. You realize,
1: you realize, during the BCS era, Notre Dame sucked. Oh yeah, the football Uh program sucked. Sucked. And they still were, and and they were still a gatekeeper. Yeah. They were still a gatekeeper. So, say- wh- so I don't, this whole victim feeling about Notre Dame. Oh man. They say negative stuff about us. So what? That's right. So what? So, so what? So what? When, when you're the lone wolf in the in the jungle that moves to the beat of your own drum, guess what's going to happen?
2: We're going to be making some things shake around.
1: People now. are going to talk about you. Yeah. That's what happened. When you're LeBron James and you're the best player in the world, guess what's going to happen? Negative press.
2: If you, uh, you know.
1: When Michael Jordan, negative press. Like, dude.
2: Michael Jordan it, It's time. like, dude,
1: people, they pervert the fact that the Notre Dame brand is the strongest and best brand in college football. They allow people being mad, other people being mad about that, right? Because other people want that to be a part of their conferences, and somehow, some way, the fan base twist that as in to take it as everybody hates us. No, that's, you know, if, if Notre Dame didn't have value. Is it? Yeah, I think that's your mic. If Notre Dame didn't have value, it? I don't know. If Notre Dame didn't have value, bro, other conferences and teams wouldn't give a darn about Notre Dame. Right. They wouldn't talk about Notre Dame.
2: They wouldn't. It's they just wouldn't. the fact that when these rule changes come down and these deals happen, they see that little Indian insignia at the bottom signature. They like, wait a minute, who signed off on Jack's what? Why is he influential
1: in the company? Dude, the brand is so the brand is so dope. That literally Notre Dame fans should feel like Drake. Notre Dame fans should feel like Drake. We move the music. And, and when, uh, when, other rappers, when other rappers release a diss track towards Drake, Drake is like, come on, man. Really? Are trying-
2: what are you doing? You, you're
1: not even worth my time. And it's when right? other people talk about Notre Dame, that's the way Notre Dame fans should feel. What are you, what are you offended for? You're Notre Dame. What else do you expect? you're dope as hell people are going to come for you live in the fact that win lose a draw you're dope you're a gatekeeper live in that because other schools can't live in that they have to win
2: yeah other schools have to win and they 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 don't have the flexibility to do the things we can do i think that's the other thing oh. everybody's tied up in some conference
1: if Alabama does not win they don't have a singular voice Nick Saban has a powerful voice because he wins let let Alabama fade Alabama's voice is the SEC conference they don't have a singular voice Kirby Smart has a voice now because he's winning before Kirby Smart The conference spoke for Georgia. Dabo is slipping.
2: Dabo just refuses to jump in that transfer portal.
1: Dabo is slipping. The the ACC speaks for him if he's not winning. Notre Dame is the only school that will always have a singular voice
5: in college football and people hate it, they hate it, people hate that. But that's why it's the either hate
2: it or love it, fans of Notre Dame, there is no in between. Teams that either either love Notre Dame, or you got the people that just cannot like us even if they wanted to, just due to the, they don't like our involvement in everything, but hey, listen, We got to make the rules somehow, you know what I mean? We have a huge brand that affects the trajectory of where college football goes, especially from a rule basis, because you got to think, even right now, the NIL deals, rules, and all that is going to be dictated based on what Notre Dame is doing. Yeah. If Notre Dame wins the championship, NIL is going to be real finicky. Yeah. Because the way we, if we win one without doing it, that's going to be a major voice in these discussions on what to do with NIL. Absolutely, you can do it without the bag. Yeah, you may live short term, but we have done it the same way, and look at us. And I think that's just where it's just going to be the double edged sword of is it helping us or not. But from the standpoint of where Notre Dame is in the college football landscape, we're in the catbird seat. And this is the funny thing.
1: People are because I'm 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 trying to find the right word because I can probably relate this to terrestrial radio. What do I always say? It makes no sense. to bicker with other Notre Dame outlets and media because there's way too much meat on the bone right you know why it's too much why way too much meat on the bone Notre Dame fans will literally go listen to and watch every podcast that that talks Notre Dame every single one right Every single one, every single one. Yeah, regardless, regardless yeah. of whether or not those podcasts are being positive or negative. They're gonna watch the positive one, they're gonna watch the negative one, and then go to the message board. Go to the message board, yeah, and post something about the one and, they disagree with.
2: Yeah, post something about so the with. one
1: that they disagree with,
2: but and they
1: gonna and, watch and, the content and snap, they're gonna yeah. watch the content. That's yeah, why it's yeah, laughable. Yeah. It's laughable to sit up here and talk about ESPN, which is funny to me, because all I see on social media, ESPN sucks. Their talent sucks. This sucks. Man, they that do sucks. say they, everything you suck about ESPN.
2: I see that all the
1: time. And every month you look at the numbers and they're killing Fox Sport. They're killing every other competitor. Yeah. So somebody has to be watching ESPN as much as everybody sitting there talking about espn sucks and their talent sucks and this person is this and this person is that they're raking in the money and killing their ratings every month
2: every month
1: every single month every single month so obviously they must be doing something right to attract the eye but they're, they're a, doing it, something right that, to attract they're, so big. they're doing yeah. something right to attract the eyes dude you know this you know you got
2: espn spanish espn you know dude and-
1: if you watch a college football live with sam Acho and greg Mapperoy, why do you expect a fair pov on notre dame why 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 He's not, though, those people are not obligated to give you a fair POV. Their job is to say things that are hot, that grab the attention, and that will go viral. That's the business. That's the business. That's a perfect example. Perfect example. Because I get, I, I, I dislike when people try to compare us to Irish breakdown. Right? right. Like, literally, I've been on the message board over IB. and People will be like, I, I can't stand lucky lefty because I don't get this and I don't get what I get over Iris breakdown. We don't want to be like them. Yeah, true. We've never tried to be like them. We don't do charts and breaking down. That's we don't do that. We do us. to us and god bless them god bless locked on notre dame god bless every other notre dame podcast that gives content because notre dame fans win whether it's a positive show about notre dame or a negative show, negative show. but no one is obligated to be positive about notre dame when they do a show not even us that's not our obligation our obligation is to get topics and talk about it the way we discuss it and have fun and have a discussion. That's it That's simple so people will tell you that Notre Dame they' like Notre Dame is like a stepchild in college football. what man please. You underestimate, you underestimate the power of Notre Dame in college football.
2: Yeah, we like the first child, the favorite child. What do you say, the golden child? Golden Dome child? You know, all that. What did child your parents say be like?
1: And like I said, I didn't see what Greg McElroy said. But based upon what Andre said, I didn't have a problem with it because we said similar things over the summer about the defensive line we said similar things and it's okay like it's okay to make an observation like you just said dude you just broke down the film a bareback block mark you weren't over the top impressed but you pointed out some positives, you pointed out some negatives. Yeah. That's it. Now, some fans could feel like, oh, Malik was hating on bareback. He gave his assessment. Yeah. That's it. That's all you can do. That's, I mean, that's, all, that's all you can do, man. Because and just an opinion.
3: Shit, I, and I guess I'm
1: try- I guess I'm trying to give encouragement. Notre Dame fans, to say, man, look, stop with all that. Rah, rah. Everything has to be positive about my team. Uh, I don't care. I don't care.
2: Just gonna tell the truth. That's what I don't
1: care. We have Lucky Lefty podcast. Heck, I can go listen to ten other Notre Dame podcasts if I want to hear something. I can chop it up on the message board. If I just want to hear 89, 90% positives about Notre Dame, I know where to go. But to be mad at ESPN when a former Texas player and a former Alabama player are talking about Notre Dame, if you expect positivity from them, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah because the vast majority of the time that you're not going to get that you're not you're not
2: you definitely not get that
1: espn is not stupid marcus you see marcus freeman on espn a whole lot more than you did brian kelly don't you a
2: whole lot more whole lot more step in the right direction (laughs) a whole lot more you know why
1: he's personable he brings ratings which in turn brings money it's good for business So if you were mad because you felt like Notre Dame didn't get a lot of coverage under Brian Kelly, your coach was boring.
2: Basically. Or I wouldn't say boring. The program under him was dry. He was more uninterested. Very dry.
1: And you didn't have a star quarterback. What are we talking about? They didn't cover Notre Dame. You did have a star quarterback. Your coach was dry and the program was dry. Yeah, you won games.
2: Like, it would be terrible if we
1: got. I'm Brian just telling Kelly you, I'm just bringing that's the business. I'm sorry. That's the business. People might not it, want to hear it, but that's the business.
2: It definitely would be terrible if Brian Kelly was at school with this NIL thing going on. Because, on top of us, the obstacles to not give NIL already, Brian Kelly just getting more lazy he probably go from regular golf to putt putt golf. He's just trying to, you know, pickleball or something. He's just trying to find Bruh. something to do. He's not going to compete. He's not going to take the steps to address it because look at him now. Bruh. His transfers are FCS transfers all the time. <laughs> why you, Why you get on these FCS transfers? <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. This is
1: a great discussion, too. This is a great discussion because it just shows you the different emotions of Notre Dame fans. I don't give a darn about recruiting rankings, man. I don't care. I don't care. Like you can sit up here and talk about, you know, how Notre Dame is covered. And it, it man, it really affects recruits. No, you know what affects recruits? You know why Chicago kids are down on Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame and the coaches haven't put in the work in Chicago. It ain't got nothing to do. Stop blaming. ESPN has nothing to do with that. Zero. I'm talking to the Chicago kids. Has nothing to do with podcasts, magazines, articles, ESPN.
2: Hell, Michigan is talking to the kids. I know that. You want your
1: flag in Chicago? Come plant it. Put in the legwork. That's how that happens. Use excuses like network TV and other some crews. Nah, bro. Win games and put in the legwork. They do that. Win se- September 23rd, kick Ohio State's butt, and then put in the legwork and watch things change in Chicago, regardless of what ESPN does. Quick.
2: Change quick. Cause our influence is crazy. We go down there and show face and put that little polo on with the ND sign. It's gonna go crazy. That's it. And it's just a little effort. It's not. is what, eighty miles away. That's it. That's it, man. Slide on down Notre Dame. You know,
1: but it just shows you, like, man, looking at the chat and I love it. It just shows you the different emotions that people have towards the brand as a fan how they feel and you can get caught up in certain things man notre dame is a gatekeeper in college football bro yeah Notre Dame is a gatekeeper and regardless, i can't do i can't speak for the what's at the core of the relationships that exist between jack swarbrick and exact i can't speak to that i just know they have relationships It could be a college relationship. It could be a financial relationship. It could be a myriad of different types of relationships. But you best believe, you best believe Notre Dame is at the table and they do not get left out. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, I told you so. Okay, you was talking about. I told about- you so. Here is Al Golden talking about Drake Bowen.
4: You know, before he got injured, so uh, it's not going to take me long to get comfortable again. Um, I think the kid's a winner. He's tough. He's a competitor. It means a lot to him. He studies, you know, and that's usually the biggest hurdle for young guys, you know, the, the ability to play with poise and execute under pressure um even though you may only be hearing a call for the third, fourth, fifth time, as opposed to some of the older guys who, who, who've you know, had it for a couple of years. So uh, I think that's where, uh, where Drake does a really good job in his preparation and his studying and really devoting a lot of time, making a lot of sacrifices to get it right. So I'm excited about him.
1: remember everybody was talking about kingston yeah right like, oh he can start as a freshman oh huh. and i sat up here and said so y'all think drake bowen is just y'all think jay nosberry is just about to let this dude come in and start as a freshman And remember everybody you know other people on other shows are like man drake bowen is slow i was like all right I like, okay
2: yeah. all right, okay yeah. Come on now. That's your
1: offense. That's your that's your defensive coordinator that was asked, man. When are you gonna be comfortable with Drake? Stop playing. Said, Yo, I've been, I was comfortable before he got hurt. He just got hurt.
2: He ain't hurt no more. He's gonna be in there. He
1: ain't hurt no more. He also intimated that Drake knows the playbook better than some gas that's been here for years. Did you catch that part? Oh, he hears it for the second, third time. And he, and compared to other guys that's been here for years, he gets it. It means something to him. He's a leader. He's a winner. You hear it. You hear the words that Al Golden is using? He's the next man in. That's what he want to say. Let me tell you something, man. Let's see. Drake Bowen visited. Every recruiting weekend. Did his homework. Every recruiting weekend. Ask me where Drake was the Sunday after every recruiting weekend. Ask me where he was, left. The gym. He was in the weight room with Matt Bates. Yep. And he wasn't even on the squad yet. He would visit. Rock with the recruits. Wake up Sunday morning and go work out. And know the beans wait for
2: He's different. it's what that recruiting does. You done got him right. Got players that want to play football.
1: So when everybody was like, oh, man, I heard he's slow on All right. I told you.
2: Who is different. Him and Jeremiah Love, or I think Aeneas Williams is different. I'm big on Aeneas Williams. I think he's going to have a huge versatile impact. And I just don't know how they're going to play everybody. I think it just makes it so much tougher. The recruiting classes are getting better. But man, I think Aeneas Williams would be similar to the effect of Hey, bro. Look here,
1: man. I, I look that was the look if you think and I'm not saying the evaluation, because I think it was uh Gooseby. I think it was Goosby mm. that made the statement about Kingston. Saying, you know, he was good enough to start with the discussion. and i don't disagree first of all mike mike gooseby played the, the position so i'm not about to disagree with his assessment of kingston my point
5: was drake drake and that's that spot is occupied like drake
1: isn't about to just Give that spot away. Like I watched Drake during the spring. I watched him and Jaden Osbury side by side make plays on the second team defense against the top offensive line consistently. I'm just Notre Dame has a really bright future in that linebacker room. Extremely bright. Extremely bright. With those two dudes
5: next to each other, man. And once again, Michael Campbell, dude,
1: that's your conspiracy theory. That you talk about,
5: man, all of that all that stuff you talking about means nothing in chicago
1: nothing might mean something down in texas might mean something down in florida chicago kids don't give a darn about what espn says about notre dame or what articles are written know what they care about whether or not notre dame is winning and whether or not notre dame is doing their due diligence in the city Period. That's it. All that other stuff, recruiting rankings and all of that other stuff, I don't care if Notre Dame is great. 1, four, seven, 11, are you adding talent? Are you making the roster more talented? And the answer to that is yes. Notre Dame is a more talented roster than they were. Two years ago.
5: That's it. mm a kirkwood
1: you already talked about this bear and deuce situation we got going on how good does it feel to have two top quarterbacks fighting over a spot to play on the team as a fan base it's it's part of the elevation of that quarterback room and i would uh give geno gaduli a huge Uh, tip of the cap to say yo good job you're making an imprint as a quarterback coach
5: especially in recruiting No one is saying, this is my point.
1: Once again, this is me and my interpretation. On one hand, you talk about the quality of recruits, and then on the other hand, you complain about the rankings. If Notre Dame is bringing in high-quality recruits, who cares what
5: they're ranked? That's my point. I don't care what the ranking is. Cam Williams
1: has been undervalued from a recruiting standpoint. Says Notre Dame got his commitment. He can stay that way. I don't care. I know he's an impact receiver once he
5: sets foot on campus. I know that. I don't need rankings to validate that. It's like, why do you want to feel validated by rankings, well, you're getting dudes, I don't need rankings. I know he's a five-star. He can stay a four-star.
1: He can stay ranked where he is. I know a five-star receiver is showing up in South Bend next year. I know that. Notre Dame knows that who cares what he's ranked no one nope
5: I don't care on three can continue to drop them anybody else I don't care luke man zaxby zaxby's only gave you a couple of pieces of uh things of sauce last time i had zaxby's i think i was in uh mississippi oh, in may That's crazy. Before we get out of here, man, it was a great show today. Let's talk about holding stays
1: now. I told you I was doing my whole "told you so" thing. We did the tight end preview, and I said Holding Stays would have thirty receptions and would be like big in the in the red zone, like touchdowns. That was my prediction. Well, Jared Parker talking about the damage Holding Stays is starting to create with the offense
4: would be, you certainly hope it's not a surprise or success. I think that it happens. Um, the tough part about this life we all live is, is we want it right now. And um, as we've talked about as a program, and certainly uh, for Coach Freeman and us on this side, that stuff takes time. And I think it's just been a lot of work by Holden to uh, trust the work he's put in in the room and put himself in a position to where the ball kind of finds you. You know, And that's what happened for him last game and certainly
5: happy for him and, and for our offense for those things to happen. Let me start by saying this, man. When we come in, especially
1: when it's a hot day, a nice day, we walk through the inside facility and we walk outside to the far field to sit in the bleachers so we can do practice. And as we walk out and we walk through the doors that are open. Normally the tight ends are right there to the left up against the wall. Notre Dame has some of the biggest tight ends. They are monstrous, man. I'm talking about just monstrous. So when you talk about holding stays coming on and Eli Raritan, Who's bigger than him? Like, yo, that situation, man, with that tight end room. Yo, I'm, I'm telling you, man, the talent on this roster. Which, I agree, the talent is. But left, we bring you back to get your three keys to a victory.
2: Yeah, I, was, I got the, you know, I'm got the meetings and stuff. Good grief.
1: <laughs> I'm just like this, man. Like. I was just telling the Notre Dame fans, I don't care about rankings, dog.
2: No, I not about certainly.
1: recruiting. I don't, man. I don't care about recruiting rankings it's because you know the recruiting websites are tied into networks, of which course, are tied, which are tied into conferences. Of so course. I, ex- I expect biases. You're gonna have to have them when it comes to Notre Dame recruits.
2: That's I why they tank all of our recruits as soon as they get to Notre Dame. Soon as they commit, they go from a five star to a four and a half star. Like how did that? How you drop? You committed to a top
1: program and you drop in rankings? And it's hey, it's all good because I understand the game. And that's
2: why they'll never give us the number one recruiting spot, no matter no. how good we recruit. We'll always be top five, uh, uh, five to ten. We'll never be one, two, or three because they, you know, Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State pay too much money.
1: You got to, But you have to keep Notre Dame in the top 10. You got to keep him in the top 10 no, we, Yeah,
2: we're going to be in the top 10, for sure.
1: Because you got to keep the Notre Dame fans' eyes
2: connected. That's you right. You got to keep those descriptions. And they and they like to play with us now. They'll put us at two. Absolutely. Have us at they'll, three to the they'll end. They'll keep us in the top three all spring. All the way until we all stop, spring. Drop, drop below uh, Washington or something. You know, Absolutely. Just, whatever.
1: All right, Malik's three keys to a dub, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, com. that premium American whiskey,
2: com. Man, the three keys is put a nail in the coffin early. I think that just has to be the staple for these games that we're supposed to win. Put these guys away early. We need 28 points in the first half, going back to one of my keys in the first game, because you don't want to have these guys hanging around because – This is a team that's coached well, that if you give them a chance, they'll take it. So this is an opportunity for us to get out early, and it's another game for us to try to get our young guys in by the end of the third, fourth quarter. The second key is let's play clean football in the special teams area. Let's try to change field position. Let's work on how far we can kick you know, on range-wise, getting ready for the Ohio State game. Let's find ways to try to create change in the punt game, in the kickoff game. Let's try to tackle within the 20. Because Ohio State special teams is really, really, really good. They've always had really good special teams. So for us, we need to be cleaned up on our special teams, not only for this week, but heading into next week. It needs to just be on point. And the last key, the last key, I want to see a receiver go over 100 yards. I got to see it. Some, put somebody over a 100 yards just to let people know mm-hmm. that this is this is we can go this direction if we need to and if you and if you're trying to bear down and play man we got something for that so this is the game to show that and and abuse it if we got the matchup keep taking it keep taking it we need a we, matter of fact we need a couple receivers over a 100 yards that's the key give me two receivers over a 100. Special teams cleaned up, try to make some change in the special teams, change the field, try to steal a possession maybe, work on the special teams getting ready for next week. And the first thing is 28 points before the first half. We got to put them away early. Don't let them hang around and try to get our young guys in by the end of the third and fourth quarter. Lucky
1: lefty podcast. And then, you know, Like I said, man, there's a wide range of feelings and emotions that people have when it comes to Notre Dame talent and recruiting. And you're welcome to feel the way you feel. I'm trying to tell you that that anxiety of feeling like the world is against us and having different theories and all of that stuff. Let it fall to the wayside. Man, if you want to stress about that,
2: feel free. Stress about Feel our free. situational football.
1: That's what you got to stress about. Feel free. Like, there's a Keon Keeley discussion going on right now as Malik goes back to his meeting. Keon Keeley's mother told you why he left Notre Dame. Keon's goal was to make it to the NFL. That's it. His goal is not to get a degree and go to classes and all the stuff. His goal is to make it to the NFL. And we feel like Alabama is the best path for him to get to the
5: NFL. Period.
1: That's it. That's it. And if Notre Dame had defensive linemen that were first rounders, like Alabama has lined up for the past 10 years, they would have been able to counter what Alabama did in the recruiting. real simple i had, none, had nothing to do with rankings articles it's real simple that's why i said you want to change the narrative
5: start winning big games start beating good teams that's it that's the first step we can sit up here and talk all that other stuff Next Saturday in Notre Dame Stadium is the first step of Marcus Freeman
1: going to the next stage of this
5: program and changing the narrative. Next Saturday night. That's it. Not on three, not two and four, two, four, seven. None of that. There's nothing more impactful than September 23rd
1: in Notre Dame City. That's what recruits around the
5: world will be watching. That's the biggest impact Notre Dame can make.
1: Colorado is the hottest thing going right now. You know why?
5: They walked into TCU and beat TCU that's why it's not just their coach it's what they're doing on the field and if they happen to beat
1: Oregon or USC in the coming weeks they're going to take the program
5: to the next level Notre Dame has the same opportunity
1: in this stretch where they get Ohio State, Duke, USC. You beat Ohio State and USC at home, you don't have to worry about on three and 247. I promise you. I promise you. Beat Ohio State with Deuce Knight in the stands next week and watch what happens.
5: Beat Ohio State with justin scott possibly in the stands next week and watch what happens nothing about rankings and articles the legwork man put in the legwork and actually win some big games Lucky Lefty podcast. My prediction Notre Dame 52, Central Michigan 10. Notre Dame 52, and Central Michigan 10.
1: My brother Antoine Porsche Rideau, I appreciate that to everyone that has given their well wishes about me and my health. Love you guys. Thank you for continuing to follow us, lock in with us, and to support the podcast. Uh left we will do our post game show Sunday because left will be traveling back from Buffalo on tomorrow on Saturday. So, lucky lefty podcast will do their post game show on sunday and i will be i will be on the irish breakdown post game show immediately after the game
5: so appreciate you guys
1: have a great weekend enjoy the game remember it's peacock only peacock only uh, maybe you can get a trial to watch the game. But enjoy it. Central Michigan, Jim McElwain, Charlie Fry they bring their team in to face Marcus Freeman and the fighting an Irish 2:30 Eastern Time. For Left I'm Sean, man. Have a great weekend, but most of all, spend a day. Different-